Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all the veterans and their families. We appreciate you. News Talk 1110-993. Oh, I already said that. 704. That's what I was going to say. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at the thepetecallendershow.com. And the Twitter handle is at Pete Callender. I will get to the messages. I promise I'm going to get to the messages. We've been talking about, uh, you know, who's to blame. Uh, you know, and right now the accusations and recriminations are all flying. But I think it's important to note that we still don't even know who won all of the races. So I think it's a little premature. We don't know. So I, I got this email from Gregory. He says, let's play the what if game here. What is or what if Georgia, Arizona and Nevada all go GOP? All right, so Georgia, we're going to have a runoff, which, by the way, here's my idea for the for uh, the Herschel Walker campaign and for the Senate Leadership Fund and, like, all the Republicans that want to be in power. Forget about Donald Trump for the moment. You got all this money you're going to fundraise. You got to flip this seat. You got to win this seat in Georgia. The runoff is sometime in December. Here's my idea. And remember, there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. But here it is. You take all of that money and you do like a multi-part, multi-episode kind of biography of Herschel Walker for like, I don't know, maybe like, uh, it'd be like two minutes a piece, make like 10 to 15 of these episodes, focus heavily on the football, and then you use every bit of that money to buy every single ad break in all the football games on Thanksgiving. And I think there's a bowl game that UGA may be playing in as well. And you just spam the ever-loving bejeebus out of those spot blocks. You get all those football fans, all those people watching TV, seeing all those commercials, and you get a biopic of Herschel Walker, football player, football legend. He's running for Senate. Please, I need your support. It's just an idea. You know me. I'm all about solutions. Just an idea. Anyway. So let's assume they uh, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada all go GOP. I think Laxalt is up in Nevada, right? And uh, Arizona, I think Masters is going to lose that. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. There's still a bunch. What is it? Arizona's like a it's like a seventh world country when it comes to vote counting. Anyway, a uh, few more House seats uh, than expected. Uh, that'll be a better result than many were predicting before the red wave inaccurate polling came about. Fifty two or so Senate seats is more than was uh, thought last year, which is good. National vote looks good. Good turnout. That's good. So if it's a, if it's good in a week or so, are all of the same people casting stones at Trump going to retract and congratulate? If not, then that will tell the story. I think that's a fair point. It's a little premature. And I said before, candidates matter, right? The, the, the individual races matter. The campaigns matter. Events matter. It's not just simply. I know, I know. Look, I know Donald Trump believes that all he has to do is say, you know, I anoint you the endorsed one. And then that makes them the, the winner. Right. I, I know that he believes his endorsement carries all of this clout. And it does for some voters. It doesn't for others. In fact, it's like kryptonite for others. But I just mentioned in the last hour, one endorsement. Right. Linda Bennett in Western North Carolina endorsed. Because she's friends with Mark Meadows' wife. That's how she got the endorsement. Trump didn't know her. And Madison Cawthorn's people were like, well, you might want to hold off on that for a little bit. 
And then remember, they came out and gave a full endorsement, my full endorsement, all that. And then she lost because she was a bad candidate. When I interviewed her, you could hear her. It was over the phone and you could hear her flipping the pages as she read from her prepared responses. And I did not give her the questions ahead of time. She just had her prepared statements and she was going to read off of those cards during the interview. So. And there are a lot of people. Oh, and so there are a lot of other people that see the Trump endorsement and they're out. Don't want anything to do with it. If you're anywhere near Trump, I'm out. The question is, how many are in each camp, right? You're trying, we're, we're trying to ascertain, the Republican Party is going to have to try to ascertain where the critical mass is. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Um, let me go to some emails here. This is from uh, Joseph. He says... Uh, this fight the Republican Party is having is just an evolution of the original George H.W. Bush versus Pat Buchanan rift of 92, except Pat never had Trump's persona and megaphone, while Trump doesn't have Buchanan's intellect or discipline. The worst thing that can come out of this internal strife is the GOP goes back to being shills for phony free trade, big woke global capital, and disastrous, quote, freedom, spread, freedom spreading foreign wars. That's what the establishment wants. Uh, Dan in Columbia, South Carolina, says the voters in Pennsylvania got exactly what they voted for. A brain damaged marionette puppet of the DNC. And frankly, I've got a crisp Ben Franklin that says he'll turn up lame shortly after inauguration. And the Pennsylvania governor will immediately appoint Fetterman's uh, equally brain dead wife, Giselle, to the Senate seat. It's all Kabuki theater, Democrat style. Um, yeah, I think everybody understood that. And look, that I, I don't think that they were trying to hide that fact. Look, the guy walks around in shorts and a hoodie 24-7. He can't take a job where he's got to wear a suit and tie. It's obvious they don't intend for him to serve. I think everybody knew that <laughs> everybody knew that his wife was at all these events and she was, you know, talking to all these power brokers. I think everybody understands that this is, and now maybe they led her on. This is the thing, too. Like, this is like the Rod Blagojevich situation, right, where Obama becomes president and then he gets to, to give out the seat, and you know, maybe I'll give it to myself, right? You don't ever know where this is going to shake out, and I have no doubt that she's angling for that post. And maybe they string her along because it's not worth having the fight prior to the election, something Donald Trump might consider, but... You know, whatever, uh, you you lead her along, and then as soon as Fetterman is in, or he has won or whatever, or, and then they're like, okay, he's going to bow out, then you cut him off the knees. But the problem there is that he'll just stay in the seat, right? He'll, he'll just hang around. If he, if, if he doesn't get who he wants to replace him, which I have no idea, I don't think, I, I don't think he would actually want to be replaced. They may have a problem, like, like him and Joe Biden, you know? Like, you get angry. Uh, I want to leave. This is my spot. I want it. You know, something like that. I don't know. I could see that happening. It would be kind of comical. Like, cute in a way, but sad in another. Anyway, um, Jay says, Pete, the only way to fix this mess and vote all the bums out, the MAGA wing of the Republican Party has de facto split the party. The Democrats will embrace the left-wing nut jobs just to keep power. The Republicans must be deliberative and reserved in their thoughts and actions. As Keith Larson used to say, the Tea Party and MAGA 
are the true rhinos, not the turtle. <laughs> Happy Veterans Day to my fellow shipmates, says Jay. Best regards. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Um, why can't we count votes in a timely manner? Supply chain issues. That's the reason the, the printing shops, they lack either paper or ink sitting on ships from China. China. Um, there is a Facebook meme that is spot on, says John. Some people will sink the ship if they cannot be the captain. Yeah, that is, that is accurate. News Talk 1110993 WBT. I didn't know there was lyrics on this. I I try not to talk over the lyrics. I apologize. I didn't think there were lyrics. All right. uh, Sorry about that. Happy Veterans Day 2022. Um, A couple of uh, tweets here. I got Russ. He says, Pete, uh, Trump is guided by instinct, which is mostly good, sometimes extraordinary, but also sometimes catastrophically bad. DeSantis appears to be guided by principles, which keeps him from being so reactionary and stepping in the doo doo as much. Uh, Let me see here. It is also a Christian says. uh, It's also. Oh, wait. Was this from. Oh, yeah. This is from now. Uh, It's also important to remember that Trump has uh, also refused to fund and endorse candidates who weren't on board with him. He did undeniably endorse candidates who were not going to win, and he divided the primary process so badly, he's not a leader for the Republican Party. And look, there I mean, part of this also is, um, uh, and I remember seeing it first with the Tea Party wave, which was there was always this response whenever you have the primary fight and you get a grassroots kind of activist candidate, um, a more, you know, uh, you know, conservative Republican candidate going up against more of a quote unquote establishment or country club Republican, whatever. And, you know, they fight it out. And then you, you always get the establishment guys that say, well, you know, we need to come together now. We need to come together now. And they always sort of demand that the activists fall in line. And a lot of them do. And then after the rise of the Tea Party, there were a bunch of candidates that unseated some of these establishment figures. And now they weren't falling in line. They, Because I remember we used to hear people making these arguments. Like we used to hear all the time that you got to get behind the candidate. We got to unite behind the candidate and all this. But they don't unite around our guy when they win. So why should we keep playing this game with them? That's a fair point. Um, let me see here. Make sure there wasn't another. Nope, that was it. All right, good. Um, let me read, let's read the statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America, dateline, November 10th, 2022. News Corp, which is Fox, the Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post, bring back call. I don't know who COL is, call, I, I don't know who call is but whatever. 
So he says, News Corp, Fox, Wall Street Journal, New York Post is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor. Now he capitalizes Republican, like all caps. I don't know why. An average Republican governor. Do you think DeSantis is an average Republican governor? Republicans, do you think that to do you think that's true? Just separate Trump from this. I know it's like I, I may be asking the impossible in today's day and age, but just remove Trump from the equation and just think to yourself, do you believe that Ron DeSantis is an average Republican governor? I would submit no. And I would submit the evidence is actually pretty overwhelming that he's not. The election being the last indication of that, but also the fact that Donald Trump is writing is writing this about him. There's another piece of evidence. Also the fact that they opened up the state so early, right? They passed the anti-CRT stuff, the Parents' Bill of Rights. He went after Disney. I mean, he's picking these culture war battles and he's winning them. So, no, I don't think he's an average Republican governor. I do not. You may come to a different conclusion, but whatever. Moving on. He says, uh, DeSantis is, uh, or DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close up his state, but did, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantage of sunshine where people from badly run states up north would no. Sorry, would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. That's all one sentence. My God, for the love of a period, please put a period in there someplace. Holy smokes. My kingdom for punctuation. Um, so he says that he didn't have to close up his state. So I want to be clear here. Donald Trump is blaming Ron DeSantis for closing Florida. I know this isn't going to matter, by the way, to people that really like Donald Trump. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. I'm not arguing against you or anything. I simply would point out this story here because Ron DeSantis was not the first to open his state up. You remember who the first one to open the state was? Their, their own state? Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. And do you remember what Trump said? April 22nd. So this is, this is like two weeks to bend the curve kind of time frame, right? April 22nd, 2020. Yahoo News reports, President Donald Trump said Wednesday he strongly disagrees. That's a quote. Strongly disagrees with Georgia Governor Brian Kemp's decision to allow businesses like barbershops and nail salons to reopen a day after he praised him during the White House briefing. I told the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, that I disagree strongly with his decision to open certain facilities, Trump said at his daily coronavirus briefing. But at the same time, he must do what he thinks is right. I want him to do what he thinks is right, but I disagree with him on what he's doing. So now you're attacking DeSantis for saying DeSantis could have opened his state or didn't have to close up his state, but did, unlike other Republican governors. All the governors closed their states. You guys were you guys were the ones who told us to do all of that. You were up there with Fauci and Burks. You guys were in charge during the beginning of the pandemic. 
And then Brian Kemp was like, this is nuts. We're opening back up. And then you told him you disagreed with that, that he shouldn't do that. I mean, you respect his right. He's got the ability to make this call. He's the governor and all, which I appreciated that, by the way. I, I praised Donald Trump when he said that. I said that's the correct approach. That was. It was to say, look, you governors, you make these calls yourself. I disagree with that call, but you, you make these calls yourself. That was the correct federalism response that Donald Trump had, and I praised him for it at the time. But now he's pretending like he didn't have that position, which was the right position at the time. Now he's attacking DeSantis. Why? What's he attacking him over this over reopening the state? So this is the thing that he thinks he's most vulnerable on. And I got news for you. He's right. Donald Trump is right. If Donald Trump is going to try to put his record up against DeSantis's on COVID response. Because what does Trump keep pointing to on the COVID response? Operation Warp Speed. The vaccines. How is that playing amongst the Republican electorate? All the vaccines, all the shots, all the mandates that came along. What do you think? Is that a winning issue for Donald Trump? I will tell you, he gets booed when he talks about it in his rallies. And he goes along with it, he plays along with it, whatever, and he's got a good, uh, he's a good sport about it. But he gets booed at his own rallies when he mentions Operation Warp Speed and the shots. Is that really a fight you want to pick with DeSantis? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Happy Veterans Day to one and all. Thank you for your service. Welcome home. Thank you, family members that uh, support your loved ones as they uh, serve. They couldn't do it without you, and uh, we know that. I know that. Uh, so we thank you as well. Um, let me get to the—I will get back to Trump's statements on uh, DeSantis, but I want to play this audio clip first because this is—it's uh, related. It's Yunkin. Glenn Youngkin, up in Virginia, just doing his own thing, minding his own Virginia business, right? And this morning, out of nowhere, on Truth Social, Donald Trump attacks Glenn Youngkin. And he says, Young Kin, and he capitalizes Young, and then puts a space, and then writes Kin, K-I-N, Young Kin. And then he puts parentheses and says, now that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? What? Now, I just got through saying, like, I understand, for the most part, I see, like, when Trump makes jokes, I understand because I am fluent in sarcasm. And I think he's trying to make a joke here. But first off, that's not an interesting take. It's not even a take. It's not even a take. It's just wordplay. His name is Yunkin, and you said, let's split apart the word. I, I mean, this is, as far as branding goes, like, this is pretty weak. Sorry, man, this is weak. Weak. This is not a game trolling, okay? I mean, come on, man. Lion Ted, Horseface Carly Fiorina. 
Little Marco, Low Energy, Jeb, Sleepy Joe, and we, we, we get Young Kin. Come on, man. And then, of course, he's got the sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Which, of course, the media is like, he's being racist. No, that's not racist. It's a bad joke because the word young kin, when you split it, young kin, sounds like, yes, an East Asian name. That's not racist. It's a language wordplay joke. It's not a good one, but it's it's a language wordplay joke. So he says... Young Kin, now that's an interesting take, sounds Chinese, doesn't it? In Virginia, couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits that, besides having a hard time with the Dems in Virginia. But he'll get it done. What? So you're like, he's going to be fantastic. I, I think this is all voice to text. I got to believe this is voice to text. It has to be. So here's Yunkin's response. He was asked about this today. Oh, hang on a second. I got to re rack it because I had it on mute. Okay. What's your reaction? First of all, I didn't see it. Um, we have and, it right uh, here. And I have, to, I, I have to be honest, I've been busy all morning. Um, listen, I, 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 you, you all know me. I do, I do not uh, call people names. I, I uh, really work hard to bring people together, and that's what we're working on. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and I just, that's not the way I roll and not the way I behave. And, uh, and I think, again, this is a moment for us to come together as a nation. Come together as a nation. That was it. Which, yeah, good response. But you know what? It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with an, with a guy like Trump. I really don't. We saw different approaches in the primary in 2016. I will tell you, me personally, you hear me say it, I engage with people as they engage with me. And if people want to engage in policy discussions, I can do that. But if someone's going to troll me, I, I'm going to troll them. Which is why when Marco Rubio went right back at Donald Trump, I had no problem with what he was doing. The jokes he was making about the tiny hands and stuff. I have no problem with any of that. Because that's what that's how Donald Trump engages with others. So other so if you're the target of that, I am also of the opinion that you don't allow allegations to be left unchallenged. And so when he comes at you with the allegations, go right back at him. And be as nasty to him. Now the problem is these politicians they're worried that it's going to make them look bad. And that's exactly what Rubio felt and was counseled. And so then he came out and said, oh, this doesn't represent the best of what uh, you know a candidate can be and all this. Because he was worried about losing re-election as a U.S. senator. Trump didn't have to worry about that. Trump didn't care. Right? So maybe you get somebody in there that doesn't care that they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to lose a re-election for a, a different seat in a different office that they currently hold. I don't know. But now, look again, you got Rubio did very well in his re-election uh, this week. So maybe it did help. Maybe it didn't. What do I know? I'm just saying, I don't think that Yunkin's response here, even as nice, I mean, because he's, he's laughing, he's nice about it, whatever. I don't, seriously, like, I, I don't know if that's going to satisfy the insatiable appetite of Donald Trump when it comes to picking these fights. And make no mistake about it, by the way, he is picking these fights. Donald Trump is picking the fights. He, these are unprovoked attacks against 
two governors, one of whom is trying to manage a state during a hurricane. So, um, here's the rest of Trump's statement that he put out uh, on DeSantis last night. He says, uh, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantage of sunshine, he capitalizes sunshine, where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was just like that. That's not true. That's not true. People flocked for the freedom of Florida over North Carolina. People went to South Carolina from North Carolina. So don't tell me that. No matter who the governor is? No, we we ran that experiment here in North Carolina. All right, so now he says, now Ron DeSanctimonious is playing games. The fake news asked him if he's running, if he's going to run, if President Trump runs, and he says, I'm only focused on the governor's race. I'm not looking into the future. Well, in terms of loyalty and class, that's really not the right answer. This is just like 2015 and 2016, a media assault, then in parentheses, collusion, when Fox News fought me to the end until I won, and then they couldn't have been nicer or more supportive. I don't know. They seem kind of supportive at the beginning. The Wall Street Journal loved low-energy Jeb Bush and a succession of other people as they rapidly disappeared from sight, finally falling in line with me after I easily knocked them out one by one. We're in exactly the same position now. They will keep coming after us, MAGA, but ultimately we will win. Put America first and make America great. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped to the wrong part. Oh, I skipped to this. That was okay. So, all right, here's the rest of it. Ron came to me in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good agriculture commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. Ron had low approval, bad polls, no money, but he said if I would endorse him, capitalized, he would win. I didn't know Adam, so I said, let's give it a shot, Ron. When I endorsed him, it was as though, to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. Years later... They were the exact words that Adam Putnam used in describing Ron's endorsement. He said, quote, I went from having it made with no competition to immediately getting absolutely clobbered after your endorsement. I then got Ron by the, quote, star of the Democrat Party, Andrew Gillum, who was later revealed to be a, quote, crackhead. (laughs) He capitalizes it and puts it in quotes. By having two massive rallies with tens of thousands of people at each one, I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron, and he beat Gillum. But after the race, when voters, uh, when votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County, and Ron was grow, uh, going down 10,000 votes a day, along with now Senator Rick Scott, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys, and the ballot theft immediately ended just prior to them running out of the votes necessary to win. I stopped his election from being stolen. And now he's playing games. They ask him if he's going to run, if I, uh, if I run, and he says, I'm only focused on the governor's race. And he says, that's not the right answer. He says, it's just like 2015, 2016. They're going to keep coming after us, MAGA, but ultimately we will win. So the most charitable explanation for this is that this is a, quote, shot across the bow to Ron DeSantis, right? And I would say, yes, that's accurate. It is a shot across the bow. I would submit it's not necessary at this point. It was not necessary at this point, but I think he did all he could to reserve his fire or hold his fire until as late as he has.
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Happy Veterans Day to one and all. Uh, we're talking about, well, I mentioned the veterans. Let me tell you this. Also, veterans, active uh, military as well, along with first responders, teachers, folks in the medical profession. Get in free with an ID uh, to the Charlotte Auto Show on Thursday, November 17th. That's the first day. It's the kickoff. It's Hero Day. Head on down to the Charlotte Convention Center. You can check out like all of the latest models, luxury, exotic brands and stuff. Uh, Chevy is offering test drives on site. Dozens of manufacturers displaying the latest makes and models. You can compare and contrast, and it's like a, it's not a it's it's a low pressure environment, family friendly. So go check it out. That's Thursday, the seventeenth, Hero Day, Charlotte Convention Center, the Charlotte Auto Show for the 29th year here. And by the way, our own Brett Winterbull will be uh, doing his show from the site there at three o'clock. So go join him. Uh, all right, let me get uh, Brian on. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just wanted to call and just basically express, I think you're making some excellent points in regards to this whole situation with Trump and DeSantis. I voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020. This recent, I guess, small tirade against DeSantis, it's incredibly annoying. I just, (laughs) I don't understand what he's thinking, what he's going to accomplish by this. Um, DeSantis is not part of the political establishment as if he's a Mitch McConnell of the world. I mean, he's been a fantastic conservative governor. Why is he going after him right now? Obviously, he's a threat, but right. it's just, it's coming off on just absolutely the wrong way on me. And I, I would definitely vote for DeSantis for 2024 over Trump any day. Just because of this, or even if he hadn't done this? No, I mean, I think it's DeSantis's record. Um, I mean, I voted for Trump not because of the person, but because in hopes that he would enact good policies. But you look at what he's accomplished in Florida. He has governed as a conservative in what was a purple state. Mm-hmm. Um, he's won the culture wars. He's, he's been excellent. Um, you look at his track record. He's, he's accomplished. He's, he's not a uh, go-along-to-get-along sort of politician. And so why do people like Trump? Well, he shares some of those traits, but DeSantis doesn't have the baggage that Trump would have if he were run again. So right, and the thing I mean, with Trump was he fights. Right, that was the. I mean, that was the attraction was that he was willing to to you know stick the finger in the eye and get up in the face of uh, people that were um, you know going after basically his base. Right, they, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. How. Uh, you know, you have a lot of people, they had grievances, rightly or wrongly. I think the, a large part of them are justified. And Trump was their avatar. Trump came along and was, you know, going to smack them in the mouth. And that's what they wanted. It makes them feel good to go hurt somebody else and to take the fight to somebody else for a change. And if you can get that same sort of uh, feeling, you can get that same sort of fighter but without the, as you say, the baggage, but, you know, the ability to articulate the message, right? Then that, I think that's a, that's a better evolution. No doubt about it. Absolutely. I think DeSantis could win more independents and who knows, maybe even win more Democrats. I mean, look at what he just did in Florida. Yeah. He won by 20 points. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. He flipped Miami Dade. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, why would we want Trump when we got somebody like DeSantis? And maybe that very thought process is why Trump did what he did, because he knows what you just articulated. Right. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Brian. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Pete. Hi, buddy. See you. Have a great weekend.
How much time do I have? All right, I got enough time. I'll get Ed on here. Let's get Ed on real quick. Hello, Ed. Hey, how you doing, Pete? Hey. Good to talk to you again. Good to hear hey, from you. Know, you. Listen to all this stuff with Trump and DeSantis. All I'm going to say is this. If people are upset now because of Trump calling uh, DeSantis the sanctimonious, let's just say that DeSantis does decide that he's the nominee and he's going to run. What do you think the Democrats and the media are going to do to DeSantis? What they've been doing to him. Yeah, they've been what they've already been doing to him. From limb to limb. Yeah. You think they haven't been doing that? Trump is doing What's that? Do you think they haven't been doing that to DeSantis already? No, not even. Listen. Really? DeSantis has done a great job, but he's in Florida. He's in Mayberry right now. He hasn't fought with the heavyweights yet. What are you talking about? Florida is Mayberry? Florida is Mayberry? It is Mayberry, yeah. What did he do? He fired the guy. He fired the person that was messing up the elections. He stopped this. He stopped that. But he hasn't been on, on the world stage yet. He well, well he's not. There. He doesn't have to be on the world stage. Well, I'm he's just saying, governor. I'm I just think when it comes, I think ahead. you're engaging in some motivated reasoning. Some what? Motivated reasoning. You're wanting to get to a conclusion, and so you're using reasoning skills to get you to that conclusion. Anyway, I do appreciate the call, Ed. I, I tried to. I, I wish I had more time for you. I would have kept you on uh, longer. But I have a feeling this topic is not going away anytime soon. I just. I have that sense of it. I have that sense of it. All right, we'll see you on uh, Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.